answers to prayer tend to be a process rather than an event. Does that make sense? Um, we often pray, I want snow on Christmas Day, or something specific like that. But I, I, I've certainly found over the years that it's in hindsight, it's when we look back, we realize God has answered our prayers. And it, it happened slowly and quietly as we went along. I work in a charity called Job Care. Some of you may be bored at me saying that, but I'm going to say it again. And we work with unemployed people. And we, it's a Christian charity, so five mornings a week, the core team get together in Paul's office and we pray. We pray for specific people, we pray for things, we pray for money, we pray for all those things. But um, we, on a Friday, we pray Thanksgiving. We call it, thank God it's Friday, because we've learned that we're, we're not actually paying attention to the results. Does that make sense? We pray a lot, and then we forget to look at things to be thankful for. In Thessalonians, I can just about see this, Paul writes, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Um, so we, we, we certainly found that we pray a lot, and you, you, we don't see those instant, instant miracles. Sometimes we do. But this, the little story I want to tell you this morning is about one of those processes, and it's ongoing, um, but we can see it. So I'm, go I'm going to call this fella Joe, because there's no one here called Joe. There's Jambros, but there's no, and, and that's, that's not Joe down there, that's just the other Joe, okay? But um, Joe, Joe came to us, he didn't come to us actually, he was sent to us. People are sent to us to work with us. And uh, Joe, Joe was sent to us um, by his unemployment office. Um, Joe was, still is, living in a hostel. Um, didn't seem to know where the laundry was, if you understand me. Um, and he came in, the first day he came in to us, he had to be helped fill out his application form because he just didn't, didn't work for him. He didn't know how to do it. Um, second time he came in to see us a couple of days later, he was in a small room with a bunch of people, didn't take off his overcoat, didn't take off his hat, kept his head right down, man probably heading for 60, that kind of age. Never said a word to anybody, never looked anybody in the eye, and um, we decided, hmm, there's somebody here we might. Every now and then we, we look at an absolute disaster of a case. We look at somebody who maybe nobody else will give a chance to. And that's the care side of job care. And every now and then we say, we just, there's an inkling in our hearts, there's an inkling in our souls, there's an inkling just somewhere that says, we should be the ones to do something here. And then we pray. And the third time Joe came in was for his interview. So he's had two meetings with us, neither of them the slightest bit impressive. Um, and the third time he came in, the hat came off. So this was, this was progress, okay? His hat came off and he spoke to us. And he looked us in the eye, and we had an interview. Nothing impressive about the interview whatsoever. We were offering him a part-time job. Okay, so this was a formal interview for that process. And this is about two years ago. And, and then Joe became part of our, pra our prayer process. So we would pray about the people who have applied to work with us, and we would consider, uh, have we got what they need? It's not a classic interview where you're saying, have you got what we need? It's very much, you know, can we give Joe what he needs um, in the time he will spend with us during his 12 months? Um, 
and we continued to pray, and we, we, we employed Joe as one of our um, workers, and first few conversations we had to have was about, you know, you're, you're working with people now, so we need to have a look at some personal issues, and we need to have, and we thought that could go really badly, you know. It didn't. It was taken on board, and over a period of time, the other thing I found about prayer is sometimes we have a hand acting part in the result of that prayer, don't we? So instead of kind of farming off the responsibility to God, I think sometimes we have to play our part in it too. So we continue genuinely day. His name come up regularly in prayer because he, he, was, he was one of our people now. Um, and in the last year and a half, two years, it's gone from the, that individual who genuinely people were saying, don't even think about that. Um, I couldn't work beside that. To someone who's now a big part of our family, who yaps to everybody, who represents us out in the community at different um, things that we send people out to, who is not there yet. That's the process. So we continue to pray for Joe, and we continue to see little bit, little bit, little bit. Um, about a year into the process, we started talking about the fact that, okay, this is transitional. Your employment here is only for a short term. The idea is, I can shout louder than you. Um, the idea is that you would come and work with us, gain some experience, confidence, and training, and then it's all about leaving. Our job is to get rid of you. Um, Joe um, declared, said, why would I need to go anywhere else? This is my job. Um, so we had to work on that part. And then over a period of time, again, through prayer and through practice, um, the process was um, one of the things we do is we send our staff out to corporates, out into an insurance office or out into a, some other big corporate office, and they do mock interviews. They go to their HR office, they've applied for a job there, and they do an, an interview with their HR team, and then they're given a report on how well they did. Um, he came back from one of these, and he put a suit on, and he came back from one of these saying, they, they, you know, I think they were offering me a job. I might even consider it, you know? So he's not there yet, but simply to say that as we continue to pray, and as we continue to practice, and we continue with the process, there's alliteration, isn't that alliteration, Joe? Is it, Jim? Um, and, and, and as we continue to do that, we continue to see miracles day after day. They're very, very subtle. They're very, very small. Joe will move on to employment somewhere else, and he will be very valuable to somebody else. But a lot of the reason he's there is because we prayed. Um, we, we see that all the time, and that's just one example of what we do, but um, God does answer prayer. Great. Thanks, Derek. Good. Um, Zoe, are you okay to next? You might. <laughs> That's okay. Thanks, Chloe. Yeah, it's so great to be able to look back over the year and remember God's faithfulness. I think it really helps us in trusting Him as we move forward. So, I just so many things I could share. I could stay up here all day, but I just wanted to share one message that I heard earlier this year at a women's conference that really impacted me and sort of shifted my perspective and how I approach things, a bit like what Derek was saying about we need to be sometimes the answer to the prayer um, rather than relying, just relying on God. So um, at the end of, the, of May, I, I heard this um, uh, 
a message on a, a passage in Second Kings that I'd probably never read before. Second Kings chapter four. It's about um, a widow who comes to the prophet Elisha, and uh, her husband has died, and she's got two sons, and she's got massive debts, and she she can't she, she can't handle it, and she she asks for help, and Elisha says, "I wonder how I can help you," and he says, "What do you have in your house?" And she replies, nothing. And that would have been the end of the story, except she looks again and she says, well, I do have a little oil. And, um, and he, he takes the oil and he says, great, well, go out, go up and down your street and collect all the empty vessels you can find from your neighbors, ask them for their empty vessels. And then go home, lock the door, lock out all the distractions, have a dedicated time with God and you and your sons and begin to pour your oil. And one by one, the vessels are filled up. <laughs> Tell me if she's doing something crazy. Um, one by one, all the vessels are, are filled up until there's no vessels left to fill and the oil stops. And there's just so many things that struck me about this. Um, first of all, that, that miracle could never happen if she didn't go back and find that little bit of oil that she had. And I think so often, we think, what have I got to give, or what resources do I have? She's still there. <laughs> what resources do I have? You know, I don't have much time. I don't have, you know, many skills or whatever, or influence, but you do have a little bit of something if you just check again. Um, so that really struck me to, to look at what I have in a different way. And then to just offer it with God's blessing and really ask him to come as, as you begin to pour. And, and so the second thing, that was really necessary for this miracle to happen is that she needed to collect those empty vessels from her neighbors. She needed to look around her in her community where there was a bit of emptiness, a bit of something that needed to be filled, and she needed to start pouring that oil in. And so those are two things I've really taken with me this year. I've, you know, I tried to look when we come to church or even in our neighborhood or in our school community, where is there a need? And what little bit do I have? Like what little you know, five minutes of prayer that I can pray for someone and then send them a word of encouragement that with God's blessing can really be significant. Practically, one way, thing that I've done is I've realized with little kids, like, I mean, it's kind of crazy, but also at the same time, you get that lovely window in your evening when they're down in bed at seven o'clock and you've got your evening. And I didn't realize until parents of teenagers started telling me, oh yeah, they never go to bed. And um, I realized, oh gosh, that this is a season in my life. So I've, I've taken that little window in my evenings and um, some of you have, have been along, but I've hosted table gatherings where I've just invited six or eight women over to my house for a simple meal. Again, I'm not the best cook, but I just offered it simply my little bit of oil and my evening. And we've had amazing times of community and uh, getting to know each other. And um, yeah, it's just, it's really interesting. So Second Kings 4, and I encourage you to, to read it, to consider what's your little bit of oil. Don't dismiss it. Don't dismiss the resources that you have. And then look for those empty vessels in your community and start to pour with God's blessing. It'll be a blessing to you. <laughs> Thanks, Zoe. Thanks, Phoebe. That's beautiful, beautiful words and things to, to remember. Uh, Ian, are you happy to come up next? Thanks. Thanks. Right, by the light. Um, good morning, everyone. I'm Ian, for those who don't know me. Um, I, I, the 
first thing is is kind of to to echo what Derek said that that um, being asked to to think of answers to prayer and and what God has been teaching me over the last year, I actually found it really difficult, and it, it turns out I'm a very slow learner. And, and for the last few years, I've been saying to myself, I must write down my prayers as I pray them, as opposed to just praying them and leaving them. Um, and then write down when they get answered, because I, I, I just uh, forget too easily some, some very big answers to prayer. Um, and then it takes, a, it takes a, a lot of thought to remember what God has actually done in my life, which is terrible. So, so that's the first lesson I've had in the last couple of days is, is that I am this year hopefully going to start writing down um, my prayer requests and my prayer uh, answers to prayer. Um, the biggest answer to prayer, I think, well, one of the biggest uh, answers to prayer over the last year, um, a friend of mine, his wife was diagnosed with cancer um, close to two years ago. And um, not to go into the details, but, but over the course of 18 months she had she had a lot of treatment um, it was very serious um, she had chemotherapy and and a, uh, one or two very big operations as well um, I was praying and I know there's a couple of other people in the church were praying um, for this lady and um, she is now fully well the cancer has completely gone um, her, her it was in her liver and her liver has completely regrown back to full strength um, and it, it, yeah, it, is, it, it was and continues to be a massive answer to prayer. Um, my, my lasting prayer in that situation is that they would both come to know the power of God who did this for her, um, which they're yet, they're yet to discover. Um, so I'll continue to pray that. Um, in terms of other lessons, as a family, we're, we're trying to... Um, learn the lesson of Sabbath at the minute. And over the last few months, we've been, we've been um, discovering the importance of taking time out from the busyness of life. Um, and we're, we're learning little lessons, I think, uh, very slowly. Um, we have a lot to learn, but um, we're discovering that it is so important to, to rest and to reflect and to, to take time out from busyness um, the, the world keeps turning when we stop working, um, and uh, that's an important thing for us to remember. Thanks, Ian. Thankful for that answered prayer and, and great words of, of wisdom on the Sabbath. Um, Sophie is going to come up next. Um, so I wrote this piece one day whilst my dad was in Little and my sisters and I stayed in the car and it just sort of came to me and it's only the beginning but it focuses on the word trust and it might be truly bizarre to you but it can be interpreted any way you like. I was standing on a ledge, the ledge of unintended doubt. I'm not quite sure how I came to find myself there. But the cliff seemed such a sheer drop that somewhere along the path the road must have been rather bumpy, rather rocky, so then why didn't I turn back? Because if I hadn't work, walked this way, I wouldn't be the person I am today. High up in the clouds, I'm now all above that. The only thing that is holding me back is that I want this for everyone else. But like the journey of mine, it cannot be forced, and it, can, 
And though I long for the day that everyone is in the same boat, where the waves don't crash, the sails just run, and there is no longer any land in sight, just the vast ocean of never-ending peace. You don't teach a child to swim by throwing them in the deep end and letting them sink to the bottom. You are patient, and it takes time, sometimes a lot of time. When we are in that boat all together, though, I hope I am right about all this. Not for my gain, but for everyone else's. I do trust, though, that there is a plan, but sometimes the what was supposed to be, or at least made out to be a clearing, is slightly foggy, and then I come back to the cliff, where it all began, and I can imagine it will end. Then hopefully someone will take my hand and lead me into the boat. Then all the doubt will be gone. So what I'm going to shortly share about is that word trust. It's a tricky one, I know. It can be so, so difficult to trust God, but you've got to remember that he sees the bigger picture. He can see the complete painting, how everything will turn out. And believe me, I don't always trust God because it's very hard when everything in your life seems to be going wrong and you find yourself in that place of doubt and you decide that going your own way might lead to better things. But trust me, it does not. I was painting on these rocks yesterday with my little cousin for whatever strange reason. And on one of them, I wanted to write the word trust. I was searching for the nicest looking, most perfect, smoothest rock. And then I thought about that. Trust isn't all perfect. It takes time and patience and hard decisions before we can trust ourselves to put our faith, trust ourselves to put our full faith in Jesus. So I thought this not so smooth rock would do. So for me, this simple word has a greater meaning that trust in God is the one thing you can do and you will find strength and joy that goes beyond our understanding. That Jesus is already in that boat and he's just trying to coax you to get in. All you need to do is take his hand and trust him with today, tomorrow, and every day. Well done, Sophie. Um, Dave, you've got something? <laughs> I'm Dave, uh, if you haven't met me before. Um, and yeah, I, I kind of relate to, so I'm just, that was really great, Sophie. I really enjoyed that, that was amazing. And my head's just going, thinking through what everyone else has said, so forgive me if I'm a bit slow to gather my thoughts. Um, but I... Yeah, I relate to a lot of what was said, and when I got Gordon's email to uh, ask me if I wanted to uh, share about an answer to prayer or uh, an example of God guiding you through this year, I kind of internally groaned and was like, oh, that's going to require some reflection that I've been putting off for a while. Um, but uh, I, think, I think a huge lesson I've been learning um, is along the lines of what Derek was saying, that uh, prayer is a process. Uh, I think for me, reflecting, uh, the new year is a great time for that. Um, and I've been reflecting on my year uh, and how I ended up here uh, doing what I'm doing. And um, yeah, I think when I was uh, leaving school and uh, looking at the CAO and looking at what I wanted to do in college, uh, I was kind of obsessed with this idea of uh, a purpose and having a purpose to my life and helping people and making big change. Um, and I had these big dreams of what that would look like and how I would get there. Um, 
And then I left school and I went into college uh, and I realized that I wasn't satisfied with what I was doing uh, and I wanted change and I wanted to um, make change. I wanted to have a purpose. Um, and so I left college and was like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll figure that. I'll figure out the rest of stuff uh, sometime this year maybe. I was wrong. Um, and I realized how long a process it was. Uh, and when I used to bring that to God, I would say, God, what is my purpose? God, what can I do to help people? How can I be a change in this world? Uh, and I used to get so frustrated because I felt like God was just saying, just take the next step. Whatever you do, consider me and take the next step. Um, and I kind of didn't listen to that. I was like, no, no, I'll, I'll get this. I just need one like, really good opportunity that I shoot for, and then the rest of my life will be set. And God was like, no, that's pretty stupid. That's not going to work. Um, I'm paraphrasing God there. Um, but uh, he, uh, <laughs> I started to actually listen to that, and I used to prayerfully consider my next step and then take it. And I used to take myself out of the big picture and think little picture. Um, and I prayerfully considered um, a couple of steps. And, uh, and through that kind of journey over the last maybe three years or so, um, I guess God's been teaching me. And through our uh, sermon series that we had, um, really struck a chord with me as well, is that idea of being the beloved. Um, and I think those three three years taught me, if nothing else, that my purpose isn't in what I do or, uh, or what change I make, um, but it's actually in, in who I am in God. Um, and that's not just the starting place. I don't just start there, but I finish there, and all the way in between, I am that. I am the beloved. Um, and from that place, I can prayerfully take the next step and the next step and consider God, um, but I can't lose sight of that. Um, I think practically as well, what that's looked like is, um, you know, I had these big dreams for, for change and for purpose and for what my life would look like. Um, and God was actually showing me actually the way in which you love your family. Uh, that's your purpose, if you want to put that word on it. Or uh, when you meet up for friends or reach out to that friend that you haven't heard from in a while, it's like, that's purpose there. Um, yeah, and I think that really just, I guess, took the pressure off because I found that um, school and, and college and the idea of life after school for me really stressed me out because I thought it had to be this big thing and I thought I had to reach this big goal um, and gain success in that and find purpose in that. And God's really been teaching me as I reflect on last year um, that purpose can be little steps and little conversations uh, and little acts of, of love and kindness. Um, and that's all surrounded with the fact that we are beloved um, and we can't earn more love or do things that uh, take away from that love, that we are just uh, loved in that. Thanks, Dave. Um, Pablo is going to come up. Next. Hello, my name is Pablo, and for those that uh, don't know me. And so when, when I got the Gordon's email, we started talking with Anali about well, what can we say. And it's incredible, we didn't even talk with the rest of you, the, the rest that were talking, and I'm astonished about how things are connected. Uh, 
So let me share a couple of, of, of things uh, that went with us during this uh, last year as a family. Uh, the first uh, piece in the, in the scripture is, uh, be still and know that I am God. And it's very hard to be still, and it, as a family, it was a thing that we, we, we struggled with Anali a lot about what that passage means, because we have to two totally different views of that. But uh, we learned during the year that being still and waiting on him was very significant. And we moved to Ireland four years ago. Uh, so this is the fourth year we, you have to be here with us. Um, and when we first moved here, we felt that we needed to create a new family tradition because we were used to large table, uh, 20, 30 people having dinner together on, new, on Christmas Eve and then on New Year's Eve again, and, you, and we wouldn't have here exactly that. So we say, okay, what can we create as a family to give us this sense of belonging? And we started um, to set up a small jar at home where um, everyone in the family keeps putting small pieces of paper with whatever we felt that uh, Jesus answered during the year. And we don't look at that jar during, during the year at all. We open the jar at uh, New, uh, yeah, New Year's Eve. And we read them all, uh, all the papers on, on, on this night. And I don't know what the kids think about it, but for me and Analia, this practice has been a blessing. Um, we usually know that the Lord is with us, okay? But we, um, every year we do this, we get comfort with how faithful he is. Uh, we tend to forget how he was with us all along the time. But when we are confronted with, oh, this is what we, at, the, at that particular moment, we felt that he was with us. It's very, it's very powerful. Every small thing and every other thing that didn't become big because he was with us. And, and also in the big things, uh, it's incredible to notice those things uh, in, in that particular moment. Uh, this year in particular, we felt limitations of distance, of being away from the family. Uh, and his dad passed away uh, at the beginning of the year, and his mom got sick a while after, and she got hospitalized. My mom got sick, and she got hospitalized. And we felt the, the limitations of distance, of not being able to be there. And, and not really knowing how to deal with the distance and what should we be doing. Uh, and we felt totally powerless in more than once. Uh, but we also felt the same response that Paul got. Um, and is my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And it brought so much peace to us in the midst of all. The, it was amazing, but at the end of the year, we forgot about those. So it was great to be able to read those again on the chart. And we were talking with Analia the, that Excel day in the morning about, oh, what's gonna happen next year? What challenge we have? And we started thinking about all this, oh, what's gonna happen? And that kind of things. And then when we read the papers, we say, well, 
he was with us all over time while we are worrying. And the last piece that um, I want to share because it was exactly the, uh, the passage that we read after we, we did this with the kids was, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all the things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Thanks, Pablo, and thanks, everybody. Um, that was really special and uh, just reminds us to uh, put our trust in him, surrender our prayers uh, and our future into, into his hands. Um, and wonderful to hear how God's been, been guiding us and answering prayers too. Um, we're going to have two songs of worship uh, now to finish. Um, we'll take up our offering during the second one. Um, yeah, so please stand with me and I'll just pray.